0: This is great. This is amazing. Um, one of the things that 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 I love about summer and that that was was made like uh, apparent to me in summer. Like every summer morning, I would wake up and and I was excited because I didn't have to go to school, right? Like you don't have to go. Like, like it's it's great not having to go to school during the summer months. We we got about three weeks left, and like don't worry, students. Like at least the Sunday before school starts, we invite all of our students and all. All of our teachers and we pray over all of them as they go into this next new grade and celebrate with them with a bunch of donuts. And so we sugar them up and have a great time and so so we have a back to school Sunday in two weeks. But but my summer before it was time for back to school time, every day I would wake up and my mom was a Mary Kay salesperson and so she was driving the pink cars that you never wanted to be seeing in. And and and, and so she was out hustling and selling Mary Kay. My dad worked at Texas Instruments and so I would wake up pretty much to an empty house. My brother and sister were older and moved away and everything like that. And so I would wake up to an empty house. And and as I would get up, I, I'd get breakfast and stuff ready. And every day, um, I, I'd sit down to eat my cereal at the breakfast table and waiting for me every day was a list. A list right there on the front. Like, these are the list of things that you have to do every single day. It's like my wife, my, my, wife, my mom. <laughs> Don't get those two confused. Um, but my wife is a really good list maker too. <laughs> and so, so, but every day, my mom would leave a list for me right on the table. And, and it was exciting for me because like I, I knew that once I completed that list, I could do whatever I wanted to do. But if I didn't complete that list, then everything was taken away from me for the rest of the week. And so everything I wanted to do would never happen. And and so so I am a person of lists. We have any other list makers in here? You're usually married to the person that doesn't make all the lists, right? And they just fly by the seat of their pants, right? And, and, and so I love a good list because in starting off the week with a list of these are all the things that I must accomplish this week. And then there's some other things that I need to do, but these are the most important. Well, I I am a list maker and I love a good list. Well, we've been in this series called Summer Slumps because... Many times in our lives there's some slumps and, and maybe it happens in summer last week we talked about as we were at the fair we talked about like seasonal depression um, and 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 many for most people it's not summer because you get that extra boost of vitamin D like Ernie was saying that he's excited about we 're not used to that here in Indiana like we 're all deficient on vitamin D because most of the time it's cloudy and cold and but in the summertime we can soak it up and, and we can get out there but um, but And so summer isn't necessarily the highest time for the seasonal depression, but we've got some other seasons and that that it definitely hits a lot harder. And so we talked about being in a slump last week and, and even the week before. We started off this series talking about Moses. Now, God had a plan for him to lead his, his army into battle, and they were supposed to win that battle. And so Moses is there, and he, and, and he was told to like, raise his hands and, and charge his army. And, but then every time he would lower his hands, they would begin to lose. And so as you can imagine this gets very tiring. And, and and so Moses not could not do that forever and so his hands would go down, his hands would go up, they would they would lose, they would begin to win. And then his, people around him would begin to notice and and so he had helpers that would actually come and help hold his hands up and they won the battle. And and we see and we can learn from that 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 we need each other. That we're actually better together. That's one of our values around here that we're better together. When we're walking through this life, we need help. It's some Times really hard to walk through this life, and to have somebody on our left and on our right supporting us and cheering us on and helping us go forward. We've seen plenty of examples of that happen even within our own church. Um, but then next the next week, actually was last week, as we were out at the fair and, and preaching to a bunch of llamas—not you guys, but there were actual llamas that were there and, and rabbits. And, and I'm and glad to say we didn't kill any rabbits with our loud music. And so uh, I was very the rabbit people were actually very worried about their rabbits, um, but we didn't kill a single one. Um, and then when there were chickens or all stuff, but then there were people too, and we saw how there was a woman who battled year after year after year for 12 years, went to doctor after doctor, couldn't take care of the issue of bleeding. But, but really, um, what she was finally, after being ostracized, being banished from the city, she heard about this guy named Jesus, it was the son of God, claiming to be the son of God that was going around performing miracle after miracle after miracle, and she said, you know what, if I, could just, if I could just get to him and touch the hem of his garment. We saw last week, yes, we saw a bunch of llamas and chickens, but we also were able to help deliver a message loud and proud in the middle of the 4-H fair, that the things of this world will never satisfy we, we need to reach out to Jesus, and He will take care of those needs. We need to turn to Him, and He's one who doesn't care if we've been dealing with issues for 12 years, 12 minutes. To turn to Him, He will come through time and time again. But today, today is, is week number three, and in the midst of the good things and the bad things is a little bit more of what I want to talk about. Last week, we saw how Jesus meets the needs, but, but as, as I was sitting down to write, I, I was like, well, these are some these are some bad things that were happening in Scripture. We can see the slumps in those stories, but what about the moments that we don't see the slumps? The, the good times, when everything's going right, when every all, like the four-cylinder engine is, is not only getting you good gas mileage, but, but you've got a wind behind you, and everything's going great, and you feel like you're driving a 12-cylinder. Like, it's amazing, and, and everything is kicking on all cylinders. Could, could a summer slump even happen during maybe a, the busiest season? I don't know about you, but I've, I've seen that happen many times in my life. When things are going great, things, things are happening, and, and there's not a dull moment to just be all down and out, but everything is exciting, and there's a lot of good things happen, could even a summer slump. See, what I found is, is that when I get out of my routine... I don't know if you're a person of a routine. I found out um, when I was trying to fit in, like b- planting a church and working 50, 60 hours a week at Subaru, like those two things didn't work well unless I had a plan. And, and, and there's plenty of people smarter than me that say that if you fail the plan, then you actually plan to fail. And so, so I got all nerdy on it because I was like in logistics and, and so I just opened up an Excel and I, I said, all right, I'm going to make a plan for my day, for my life, for my time, and, and, and I went all nerdy and, and got down to 30-minute increments what I was doing with every 30 minutes of my day. And, and, and I can show it to you because there's actually people that have made millions of dollars now writing books about it, not because they got it from me, but because they saw it too. And so I, I, I went crazy and, and I just documented all my time and where I was going to be and what I was going to do. So in my routine, it starts off with waking up, right? And, and, and there, there, there's that routine. But, but first and foremost, going to God. When I'm in my routine, I wake up and I go straight to God and find him in his word each and every day. It, in, my, in my routine, I'm working out. Right, I'm bulking up. Right, like like Jared, and when you're in that routine, you do that on a regular basis. You're you're you're, you're pumping iron, or or at least you buy smaller shirts, and so you look a lot bigger. Right, it it works. It works both ways. And 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 so so in my routine, it's it's Monday through Thursday, every morning, 7:30 a.m. I'm working out. I'm having accountability partners. I'm also meeting with accountability partners. I'm meeting with mentors on a regular basis, saying, slap me around, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Like in my routine. I'm sleeping eight hours a night I know I know some of you are like I wish I wish how many of you are like it's okay you can be honest in church like don't sleep eight hours a night I have a cure I do I just experienced it very easily, like going into the summer season, I was, uh, I, I, my, my rhythms were off, mainly because like the sun, like there's circadian rhythms and all those things, but mainly because I was just staying up too late, right, it, it, there was, it was light outside, there were things to be done, that was great, and so I was breaking my, my, my even nighttime routine, and, and so, but the way I got back into it, like I went to summer camp, right, and there, there, were, there, were, there were kids and teenagers, and you're awake for 16 hours a day, averaging about 3.7 hours of sleep per night, and then you get home and you get to your own bed. Oh my gosh, like you just sleep eight hours. It's amazing. So, or 10 or 12. <laughs> it, is, it was awesome. It, it was amazing. I told my wife, it, it works. And I, I snap back into my rhythm and, and sleep all throughout the night. But I'm a person of routine. I love routine. When I'm, I, I notice when I take my wife out on a date each and every week, I spend that quality one-on-one time with her, not just like, oh, well, I told you I loved you at the altar, honey. <laughs> no, not, not like, like repetitively, like work and, and, and cultivate that relationship and spend that quality time. There's not the slumps in the relationship. There isn't this lack of communication. There is there's this quality time spent with one another. When, when, when I'm sitting down for dinner with my family, when we make it a priority to be together, the slumps aren't there in the routine. So when you get busy, right? In the seasons of busyness, in the seasons of craziness, and summers can be one of the biggest seasons of craziness because you have increased responsibilities. Parents, how many of you are counting down, three weeks left, three weeks left, three weeks? I know, I know, because they're everywhere, right? The kids, they're there, they're on top, they're, and there's this, this, this increased just awareness of, ah, 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 ah. And, and, and they're staying up because it's lighter. It's time to go to sleep. It's not dark out. And, and, and it's just a constant. There's this increased responsibility. The days are packed with appointments and, and meetings and practice on top of kids. And then you got vacations, which were some of your favorite parts. But I don't know if you've ever noticed like I have is you'll go on a vacation. Then you need to come back and have a vacation from the vacation because the vacation wasn't any type of rest, Right? It's just one thing to another, to another, to another. And you get out of, out of the routines, out of the rhythms, and, and you get all these projects and this extra light and these allergies. What's up with Indiana all the time? But Jesus had something to say about this. Jesus actually in, in Matthew eleven I'm sorry that the font went extremely big and cut off most of the verse. But it says, come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. See, these busy seasons happen for all of us whether it's in summer because you're a parent and you have all these extra kids and all these extra responsibilities and these duties and, and, and they're not away for eight beautiful, glorious hours a day, but there's more attention that, that, that is needed. Or maybe it's that relatives decided to come and do the visit or in-laws decided to to come over and your space is invaded with people and your time that you used to spend with God. Now there's somebody else sitting in your chair where you were supposed to drink coffee and you're wondering what are you doing in my chair? But you can't say that because they're your in-laws. There's just more things that are going on or you have this college student that's at home And you really enjoyed them being away at college. But now they're home and stuff is everywhere once again. And it smells like them again in your house. And you were like, you were finally like, you turned the extra room into a naked room. No, never mind. can't go there. You guys are like, what the heck? Yeah, but that extra room became a workout room or that extra room became a this. And then now they're just home and their stuff is everywhere. And you're just ready for them to go back to campus. The chaos can be very stressful. And then there goes Jesus, right? Offering, offering his ways. Offering his yoke. His yoke is, is light. That, that he's there to help carry the burdens. Now, I don't know how many of you farmers. Like I could have said this last week, how many of you guys are farmers? And hands would have been up everywhere. But, but this week, I'm not a farmer. I, I, that was the first 4-H fair I've ever been to. I'm just saying, I'm sorry. But, but there's this yoke that Jesus talks about. And I instantly think of A little runny thing, and my sunny side up, right? I I eat the white all the way around, and then I and then I don't know if you guys do this. My wife found it extremely weird, and 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 I I eat the white all the way around, and then the yolk all at once. I'm just like, and for a long time I thought that's what this was I don't know if you're just like, man, we got a dumb pastor. I don't know. But 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 the yoke, I was like, what with the what is a yolk? What does a yolk have to do with anything? what, is, what does this matter the, the the orange thing, the yellow, whatever? Sometimes you get two yolks, the double yolks out of those really good fat chickens, right? But <laughs> but this actually is like a harness. It's like a collar. I got some I got some pictures of it just in case you didn't know what a yoke was and you were you were like me. That is that is a yolk. It's not even yellow, guys. Like that—that like that, that is a yoke, and, and it's, it's meant to be placed on a couple of oxen. It, it goes on, on the oxen, and, and so farmers would use this yoke to train the oxen. But more importantly, the young oxen, a lot like the ones you saw up here today, the ones that were dancing around, that, that were, were talking about every move they make they want to make in Jesus. The ones that are just getting a glimpse of our God is a great big God, whole world in his hand, da, 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 da. The ones that, Chelsea, come on up here, come on up. Yeah, I know, I know. The ones that Chelsea and Tanya and... I, I, it was a lot easier when everybody was wearing orange shirts. <laughs> like, 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 when everybody wore orange shirts, it was great. I could like, pick them out. Like Chrissy and, and Jordan and, and many others came together and said, you know what? I want to be for these kids that are the young oxen. I want to help them follow after the voice of God. I want to teach them that they have a great big gun and the whole world in his head. No, no, you got one more song at the end. Don't worry, you got one more song. No, she's got one more song in her at the end, and you guys are gonna do a of motions too, and you gotta shout it out. And, and, and so, Chelsea, I just wanna say thank you. You put together a, a, an amazing team. Yep, you guys can clap. It's just a card. And, but thank you, because Chelsea for year after year after year has said, I want to do something in the summer for the kids. Not every kid can afford to go off to camp and, and have this one week away. Some of them still wet the bed. They did that at camp, by the way. But, but uh, the, uh, um, yeah, um but <laughs> we'll say that discussion later, um, but, but some, like, Can't get away for camp or too nervous to go away or anything like that. And so she says, we got to do something here in-house. And over 40 students were directed to God because of your hard work and efforts. So thank you very much. Can you help give her a round (laughs) of applause? Crafts, decorations, and smoking volcanoes, and and, and weird, crazy games, and, and luau's, and all kinds of fun stuff. And that was simply because, I don't know if, I don't know if she really taught about it, the ox. But what happens with the yoke is, is you get the older ox yoked to a younger ox. See, the older ox already knows how to plow. The, uh, the older ox already knows the right speed of how to plow. The older ox already knows the direction. And the older ox knows how to hear the voice of the driver that was what was happening the past three days here. Some older oxes saying, come on kids, let's go after this voice of Jesus. Let's serve this God that that wants to teach us, that teaches us through his word how to handle jealousy, how to handle anger, how to handle frustration, how to handle disappointment, how to handle these emotions that, that boil up within us like molten lava in a volcano and that erupt and burn everything. God has a better plan. Chelsea, along with a, an amazing team, said, you know what? We'll be that older ox. We'll take the time off of work. We'll, we'll leave early. We'll, 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 we'll skip our lunch so that we can get off earlier so that we can be yoked together and walking these kids towards God. See, the older ox pulls, ox pulls most of the weight, and he understands the commands of the plow driver. The younger ox, yeah, the younger ox is just like many of these kids. Like in the first service, we had Liam and or we had all the, all the littles up here and, and trying to do the motions and they're just like, oh, 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 what's over here? And, and, and just like wandering off and, oh, where's the smoke coming from? And, and, and just all over the stage. And, and Chelsea's just like, come on, come on, come on, you can do this. And that's exactly who we are. See, as, as a church... We've, we've been going through some, some amazing changes and, and being the church that I believe God has created us and formed us and shaped us to be as Innovation Church through, through the outreach, through serving, through loving our community, through saying, you know what, we're not just a, a, a bunch of consumers that just sit on our butt. We're, we're a bunch of servants that love and serve our city because 67% says, I don't wanna have anything to do with God. And we're like, you don't know the same God we do. Let's put him on display and so one of the ways we do that, as, as Brian talked about three weeks ago, and I talked on the, on the 4th of July, is that we serve one another. We help one another. Like when you walked in today, you didn't walk into the church. You, you didn't. You walked into innovation. That's what it says on the very front sign. You, you, you drove up to innovation. The Innovation is just a building. The, the church is what fills the building and makes innovation church. The people are what make innovation church our church. And when, when God talks about church, about how we're the body of Christ. We support one another. We love one another. That we're, that we're yoked to one another. Saying, I'm going to help you follow after Jesus. I'm not perfect. The older ox isn't perfect. It still stinks. Older oxes really stink. It, it still poops. It, it, it still makes mistakes. The older ox doesn't have everything all together. But what the older ox is doing listening to the plow driver's voice, Doing it's best to follow after the direction of the plow driver. See, the older ox is yoked up with those that are younger. And I would hope that each and every one of us could understand that. That's, that's why like, today, like, if you have the Innovation Church app, you're going to get a notification about 143. Um, if, if we've ever had your phone number, then you'll probably get a text um, at 142, just because I did one a minute sooner than the other. And, and, and about 142, you're going to get a text saying, you know what, if we're the body of Christ, then we need to support one another. We need to act like it. When we, when we come together, we, we serve one another. We, we get yoked together. And so whether it's, it's a greeter making sure that, somebody's, that, that somebody feels welcome, whether it's, a, whether it's a parking lot person making sure everybody gets in the right parking spot, whether, 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 it's, a, whether it's somebody that's serving an innovation kid saying, let's, let's yoke together and let's go after God. You're going to get those texts. There's going to be a link. You're going to choose to either click on it or not click on it. And, and it talks about how saved people serve people. So that through serving people, we're helping save people. Time and time again. There's there's a lot more in there. But each and everybody is going to get that opportunity to say, you know what? Count me in. I'll be the older ox. And it's okay. You don't have to know it all. You don't have to have it all together. Each and every one of us can help the younger ox go in the right direction. We push and we ask for opportunities for, for people to serve alongside the next generation because they need the older and the wiser to help them move forward in their faith and keep them going in the right direction. And I would encourage you, if you haven't served the next generation lately, then do so in some shape or form. There's going to be opportunities to, to just... Hat on baby bottoms and just hold them and care for them and snuggles and, and, and love them right where they're at, so that they know that the church is a loving place. So there's there's also going to be like we're, we're we're rebuilding a wall on on that 31st, so so that the preschoolers can have a little bit more focused <laughs> attention and and room in a place where they can love and learn and and begin to follow after Jesus all the way to Innovation Kids, all the way to our next generation that meets on Sunday nights. Infusion starting back up here in September as school gets going and and. And, and so, but pouring into the next generation, there's nothing like it. To see them begin to feel and to sense God's presence, to, to help that light bulb turn on just through serving them. You're that ox that says, okay, let's go after the Father's voice. Let's go where God is leading us and I'm gonna come alongside and help you. Yeah, there's gonna be times where they're gonna be chasing after squirrels and it's like, come on, it's okay, let's get, let's get in here. Because Jesus in this verse says, that his burden is light. Now, now I don't know about you, like, like, like I've I've had interesting burdens, like besides Brian burden. I mean, uh, I've got Brian and Susie burden and Craig burden. And we got lots of burdens around, and and, and and sometimes just Brian isn't light. Like, there's a lot to handle with Brian. <laughs> but, 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 same thing. Like, I I read through this verse and I was like, but God, like planting a church wasn't light. Like moving to an area where I didn't know a single soul, and, and and starting something just because God says go here and plant a church. I don't want to, God. I really I said I didn't want to for two years. And so, so I pushed back on God. I'm like, no, God. There's, there's some heavy times. There's some there's some very heavy times. This is like like when I think of light, I think, oh, this is nothing. Oh, this is this is this is fine. This is this isn't worrisome at all. Like, light. I don't think of the things that are serious as light. I think of them very serious, uh, of, of deserving attention. I don't think of light things deserving that much attention. But in this verse, he says his, his burden is light. See, I mean, I don't know if you get lost sometimes when reading the Bible when Jesus starts talking about in parables and starts talking about farmers sowing and, and starts talking about sheep and shepherds and everything like that. Sometimes I do. I'm just not. I haven't been that. I, I, I've never herded a sheep, right? I, I, I've, I've never farmed with some ox. Like they, they talk about yoke, and I'm thinking about my breakfast. And, and that's just the way my brain begins to go. And so maybe like this, this agriculture imagery isn't, isn't really something that you related to, but his listeners then did. And I guess it's my job to help connect the dots in the midst of that. Yeah, they're familiar with farming. They're familiar with animal care. They're familiar with seeds. They're familiar with soil. And Jesus spoke in a way that they understood. And so I want to I I maybe back up before the yoke part to make sure that we understand exactly what Jesus is saying is light here. Because many times we can miss out. Many times I've missed out. This rest and peace. That he's talking about. This rest and his peace. Like, like we know what busy's like. We're in America. There's, there's busyness all around us. There's things to do constantly. There's things that are constantly pulling for our time. And our talent and our treasure and our attention. And there's things pulling at every single string that it can get at. But when he says come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. We can, I think we can relate to that. But right before that word yoke, he says, take my. Many times I got stuck on the yoke. But whose yoke? Many times I've been about my plans and and, and the direction I wanted to go. How fast I wanted things to move and how, how, how growth happened in my mind instead of in God's plan. So while I'm the person like, pressing on the gas, God's like, hey, you need to be pumping the brakes here. Hey, you need to, be just, you need to just be cruising in neutral right now. You, you, you need to strengthen the base right now. See, Jesus is saying that his plans, his plans. I don't know if you've ever gotten ahead of his plans. I sure have. And that's where I found where I end up the most tired and the most weary, and the most just dead because I'm trying to do life by my plans and my desires and the direction I want to go. But he's saying, take on my yoke, that I have a plan, that I have a purpose. This is the same thing in Psalms 139. It's the same thing all from Genesis all the way to Revelation. God's saying, I have a plan for you. I created you with a plan and a purpose for your life. Are you going to do life my way or are you going to continue to try to do it your way? And we're reminded here that my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Many times we'll feel like we're just spinning the wheels, not going in any direction. And so for me, it's just a simple logic of saying, you know what? Am I going about his way? Am I going in the direction that he has for me? See, see this, this peace and this rest, many of us think of it as birds chirping, of, of sitting back in the hammock or sitting on the beach with, with, with something in our hands and just kick back and relaxing and resting. But many times, life isn't working that way. Many times, the day-to-day isn't where we just get an escape and, and, and we get to rest, and so what about this rest, in the midst of our actual lives, when, it, when it's not time to get a, a, away on a vacation, where it's not time to get away on an island, I believe peace can still be found. That, that peace can even be found in the midst of chaos. And that's why I bring this here for you today. This happened Actually, I got a video for you. There is sound on it, and so if you guys want to turn it up. And, and that happened about two weeks ago. I need a new tire. Yeah. <laughs> I need a few new tires after this. Holy Sorry smokes. for the shaky video. <laughs> but on our way to kids' camp, we got about to and and Dave was there with me, and we're driving right up 65 getting ready, like 90, 94, everything, like the exits are coming up. Have you ever been up there? We're, we're, we're driving, and, and all of a sudden, I, I'm just driving it, and it just doesn't feel right. You know, you're driving a car, and you're just like, hmm, something's not right. And so you look down, and you check your gauges, and I, I see that my, my battery light's on. I'm like, hey, Dave, battery light's on. I let off the gas, and you don't, you don't get that, like, And so I press on it, and I'm like, Dave, there's no power. I got nothing. He's like, huh, what does that mean? I said, that means we're taking this exit. (laughs) By the time we had gotten to the exit, like the beginning of the exit, white smoke starts to barrel out. I'm like, okay, radiator. Okay, overheating. Okay, this is not good. Let's get off this exit. I'm like, okay, boys we had four boys in the back of the van watching movies and hanging out and everything like that. Hey, boys, get ready to get out. What? <laughs> right? And four boys, like, all, like, like second grade, <laughs> second, third, fourth, fifth grade. What? And then, then we get a little bit more towards the bottom of the exit. Luckily, there, there was no traffic. I mean, there was nobody sitting and waiting at the light. Lights were all green. Everything was, was fine. And we see flames start to shoot out the front of the vehicle. Uh-huh. Well, that's a little more than a radiator. <laughs> Paint starts bubbling. Hey boys, get ready to get out of the vehicle. get out of the van, get ready to get out. get out, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. We're still moving. It's gonna be fun. Get out. <laughs> and I'm lifting myself up off the seat as I'm almost standing on the brake pedal because we have no power brakes. All the power is gone, and it's getting eaten by fire. We obviously get to a stop, and that starts. We pull out the fire extinguisher. Dave is opening the door, throwing kids almost (laughs) up a hill. (laughs) it's Dave, and, and he's like, all right, we're getting out, we're getting out. You're going over here. Woo. And, and so they're good, and almost football fields, think the way, and they're just like, ah, oh, this is cool, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah, guys, okay, we're going to go get your stuff. And, and we have all types of time. It was like time was just going slow, and we're just, okay, all right, suitcase, suitcase. We're just tossing it up the hill. and just We had time to get every single thing out, including Gabriel's like, fishing pole. It, it was even stuck on one of the leather seats. And we're like, ah, ah, and we lost the hook. I know, he was so sad about that. He really was. Like, where's my hook? He went to go fishing. And we're like, we'll get you another one. Don't worry, we got him another one. He caught a turtle. I don't know how. <laughs> but we got to experience peace even in the midst of chaos. The cops came up and we don't know how, like everything's not in flame. We had just gotten like 30 gallons of gas. It was, it was very full. That could have lit at any point in time and gotten us all. The, the, the speed of driving 70 miles an hour to the flames starting and pushing right back at us as we're trying to exit could have instantly gone. whether it was God's hand or an angel's hand. It was peace in the midst of chaos. Take my yoke upon you. Take my plans. We had, we had an enemy that was trying to stop the plans of God on these boys' lives. That Some were called into ministry. Some kids getting saved at camp. Lives forever being changed. There was, it was one of the kids in the first service today, as we were going around and, hey, what's, what's your favorite part? What's your favorite part about summer? What's your favorite part about summer? And, and, and his answer was summer camp. My favorite part about summer. A lot of them can't wait to go back already. But as, as the wrecker came in and said, hey, is there anything else you need out of this thing before I tow this thing away? I go up, I'm like, okay, let's go see. Okay, garage door opener, nope, it's gone. Toll tag, oh, that's going to cost me. I, I just walk, just going through it, and I look. And I don't know if you know anything about the conversion vans, but half the engine is actually in the vehicle, and, and you can take out, and right on top of the engine sat this bottle. Now, this bottle was, was full oh, when we left Lafayette with, with some beautiful ice water. And and it tasted really good. And you can see right about where I got to by the time we hit Maryville. (laughs) But even in the midst of chaos, in the midst of all the flames, in the midst of the the, the firemen out there with the hose and all the extinguishers, in the midst of... and, And you'd be like, oh, well, it was just in the front. There were burn marks on the back door, guys. Burn marks on the back door. So it was plenty hot. In that vehicle. In the midst of all of it, what remained by the end was this water bottle that sat right on top of the fire in the midst of the flames. And all what was full of it, where the water went to, where it was full of, was not melted. It's amazing what can, we can withstand when we're full of the things of God, in the midst of the chaos, in, in the midst of the craziness, in the, in the midst, and, and some of you, your lives look like this, right? <laughs> but in the midst of the storm, what we're full of really begins to show when all is said and done. This water bottle still works. It needs to go through the dishwasher about 72 times so it doesn't taste funny. But it still works. Finding mist and finding peace and stillness and rest in the midst of chaos has a lot to do with what we fill ourselves full of, what we're we're yoked up to, What what we're connected to each and every day. So in the midst of my routines, I'm good. I'm connecting with God. I'm connecting with my wife, connecting with my family, connecting with my mentors, connecting, working out, working through the stress, working through the situations. I'm moving forward. But many times when I get out of those, when I start doing my own plans, when, I, when, I, when, when things start getting planned for me, when I, when I start chasing after the things that are full of chaos, See, step by step, we walk through this process. We walk through God's protection in the, in the midst of the flames and the tires exploding and the windshield exploding and everything going. God gave us a peace in the midst of it. And you could talk to Dave about that. You can talk to the boys about that. I mean, they have a great story going back to school. What happened in your summer? Yeah. God kept us safe. What's some of their answers? As, as, as we arrived to camp at like 4.01, Right? We were supposed to be there between 1 and 4. We get there at 4.01. They were like, Yeah, our van caught on fire, but God caught, kept us safe. For them to know that and to realize that and to understand that our God is a great big God, holds us in his hands. That he has a plan for us. I believe he has a plan. Like the, the kids that you saw up here. Brian, I think, said it at the beginning. He was like, well, we don't have the band and we don't have the singers. And we don't. Have... Yeah, we do. Those are the worship leaders. Those are the ones helping point us to God. Not just now, but in many years to come. And somebody has to be yoked to them, saying this is how we follow after the Father's voice. Let's go together. Let's walk together. If you're a student in here, are you more influenced by, the, by your peers? Maybe by the videos, Instagram, the TikTok, by the things that we, we can just take in on, uh, on media, by, by the things of show after show after binge watch after binge watch? What about the things of God? How many of those things are are influencing us? Maybe we're a little bit older. The first thing we do is come in and flip on whatever news station of choice. We walk around living in fear of what may come. We're we're asking God to just come and just take it all away. And he says, no. Some of my favorite answers to God's prayers are like, no. We have to realize that God... Yes, he'll answer yes to some of our prayers, but sometimes it's better for him to say no, right? We, we got to realize that. Like God saying no can be a better answer for us than the answer that we want. I know this because that girl I wanted to marry in seventh grade is crazy. <laughs> She's crazy now. Crazy, crazy. Not just like normal crazy, like crazy. Like, it would have been a mess step by step as we walk out, listen to the farmer's direction. See, in, in, in Corinthians 14, it says, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. And maybe you're like, I'm confused right now. I don't know what to do, how to do it, where to do it, why to do it. Well, are you yoked? Are you listening to where the, the farmer has planned for you, who yoked with somebody that's of God that's saying, hey, let's go this direction, let's follow after God, or they're like, oh, what about this, what about this, what about this, what about this? Gossip, this bitterness, this unforgiveness. Are you a racist? Never, never seeing others? You see yourself better than others? That neighbor that doesn't vote the same way that you or has longer grass than your grass or whatever political sign is in their yard or whatever flag is flying on their porch? Like, they still need love if they're Packer fans. Come on, they do. They're going through a lot right now. They are. Extra love. Extra love. When God says to actually forgive others as Christ has forgiven you, remember, he he said... Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. And we're supposed to forgive others like that, not hold it against them, not be bitter against them, not have rage or envy or seek violence. It's just supposed to be up to God. Maybe for me it's just simple logic, that if we're walking around in confusion, wondering what to do, how to do it, when to do it, everything like that, that we're not yoked with the right people, that we're not listening to the farmer's voice. This bottle survived this van because it was full of the right things. How are we surviving in the midst of chaos? It has a lot to do with what we're full of. You know, one of the last things, as the kids get ready to come forward and lead us one last time, and hopefully, as they lead us, you guys can get in with the motions. Like one of them's this: shout it from the rooftop. We won't be quiet. Like there's, uh, you, you guys can do those motions too. Like let them lead you and do what they do, and really, because they're they're ones. And I know you're like, I want my kids to be quiet, and they just keep singing the song. They really loved this one because it said, "We won't be quiet," but. Really, I don't want them to be quiet either. They're shouting out loud from the rooftops about this Jesus that loves them, that cares about them. That, that whether, whether they're in here, whether they're at the fair, whether they're going into school, that's God's plan for them. In the midst of the chaos, you know, one of my favorite things about summer Besides just the weird clothes and being able to wear shorts and flip-flops everywhere all the time. Uh, I, I love that. It's a summer storm. If you grew up in, in the South, you know what actually a good Southern storm is. You guys don't get them up here. You don't. I, I was excited a little bit last night because, like, there was lightning flashes and stuff. I was like, woo, woo. And then it, like, rained for 10 seconds, and, like, the driveway didn't even get wet. I'm like, okay, Indiana Southern storm, woo no looks like a zombie apocalypse, like the sky's green, clouds going in every different direction, it's orange over here, black over here, and it's awesome, and it happens almost every day, and if you're like me, a little bit redneck, you like get out on your porch, you're like, come on, come on storm, and you're like excited about this storm coming in. See, my mama (laughs) always taught me about this peace in the midst of the storm, because She's like, it's all right. You can tell that storm to go in a different direction, and we've actually prayed over that storm, and then we've seen it go in a different direction because we live in Oklahoma. They touch down wherever they want. Now she got Jesus. You can have peace in the midst of the storm and to know that he has a plan and a purpose for your life in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the fire, in the midst of whatever's going on in our lives to be able to stand strong and to be at peace and at rest because, nope, this one ain't coming for me. I know God has a plan for me. Heard his voice. I listened to his voice. I'm yoked up with others that are walking in the same direction, that are helping me move forward, that are helping me go forth in the plans and the purpose that God has for me. That's when the, the burden, it's light. God's helping carry the weight. And others are helping carry the weight. You're going the direction that God has for you, not the one that you have for yourself. You're not chasing after your own things. When he says, take my yoke upon you, we've got to realize that that's God's plan and purpose. For so many of us, that's been in our lives, it's been about our plans, about our purpose. And we've wondered why we're in a constant state of confusion in a constant state of worry in a constant state of fear. It's because we're not yoked up to the things of God, his plans and his purposes. And today we would like to help make that change. Your kids have been given that opportunity. Some of them have taken that opportunity. But you know what, parents, we've got to do that as well. We've got to say, this is the direction I'm going with my life. And so we love to kind of give that starting line prayer. And so maybe today, finally surrendering your life to Jesus, laying down your own yoke or the yoke of this world and putting on the yoke of Jesus Christ is what needs to happen. And we want to help make that happen here today with a simple prayer. And then they're going to come in and lead us in one last song. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for each and every person that's here. God, for those that have been going their own way. And I hope that they've heard from you today. I hope that it's been made plenty clear that you have a plan and a purpose for their life, and that you have a direction for them, and that they have a great church to be yoked up to as we follow after you and listen to you. God, I know the, the old oxen, they aren't perfect, they don't have it all together. But God, if they can follow after you and we can all come together and move towards your plans and purposes for us, God, then that's what I want to do. So maybe you're here today. Maybe you realize, you know what, I've done it my way. You followed after your own plans or maybe you followed after the world's plans for your life and and today you're saying, you know what, I'm done with that. We like to say like a start-off prayer. We say it together as a church because here at Innovation we believe that no one should do life alone, that no one should do church alone. And so we say this prayer together and then we walk this out together, this journey together as a church. And so church, if you could pray this prayer with those that are online today, with those that are here in this place, as a sign of how we do church and how we are better together. Let's pray this together. Pray, Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I've done life my way with no regard for your plans or your purpose. But today that changes. Today I ask you to be my Lord and Savior, to make me new, to forgive me of my sins, to fill me with your spirit so I could serve you. Today I declare my life is not my own. Set me apart. Make me different. Make my life count. Thank you for new life. Today I give you mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Awesome. Can you guys put your hands together for those that prayed that prayer?